0: Hey y'all this is Texans takes with James Roy. I'm James Roy and I'm here to bring you some Texans takes on this week's episode. We're going to be talking about the rookie numbers. I'm going to try and guess just based off the numbers that are available on the roster right now, which number each rookie is going to have. We're also going to discuss the recent resurgence of the uniform discussion as spurred on by Hannah McNair's comments at the press conference at the charity golf event. Is there Columbia blue? Do we want Columbia blue? And we're also going to look at the quarterback position and do a breakdown of who I think is going to make the roster at that position. And we'll close with some Texans takes on Twitter. I asked you on Twitter what you wanted my takes on and you responded. So first, let's talk about the rookie numbers. Now, either today or tomorrow, the Texans will probably be announcing the rookie numbers. They've alluded to it about a week ago, Thursday. So I can only guess that on Thursday they will, though Thursday is also when they're going to announce the schedule. So they might do it a day earlier. Um, But I took a look at the roster, I found all the numbers that were not currently occupied by a player, and I'm going to try and assign a number to the players and guess, just based off what's available, I'm not going to say, you know, in CJ Stroud's case, I'm not going to guess seven, because as of right now, that's Kaimi Fairbairn's number. Um, I I assume that CJ's probably going to work something out with Kaimi to get the number, but for now it's his. So uh, we'll start with CJ. CJ, first pick at the number two spot. Um, numbers that kind of fit here. There's only three, uh, 13, 15, and 19 are available. It's, it's my natural instinct to go with the lowest of those numbers. So I think I'm going to go with 13, but like I said, I don't necessarily think that CJ is going to get 13. He'll probably work something out for seven. Um, next is Will Anderson. There's, there's quite a few numbers that fit kind of around where he would be. I know he wore 31 in college, um, Numbers in the general area I'd expect him to be are like 27, 36, 39, maybe all the way up through 45. There's 40, 41, 43, 44, 45. Um, I'm if I'm guessing, I'm I'm gonna say either 27 or 36. If I have to give you a hard and fast answer, I'm going with 27. And then Juice Scruggs, this is probably the easiest pick because it is the only player as far as my memory allows me to remember that uh his number is just available. So uh 70 is there. I I would guess that juice Scruggs is probably going to be given number 70. Tank Dell. Tank Dell I, I would assume he wants to go with a lower number. There's numbers like 81, 87, 88, 80 is available, but I can only assume that no one's going to wear that number. I I could be wrong, but you know, 80 and 99 are numbers that I would say personally probably untouchable. So with that, I'm I'm stuck between 15 and 19 because I already gave 13 to CJ Stroud. Um I'd probably go with 19. I, I just think that he'd go with the higher of the two numbers, um, but like I, said, I think they might clear space in the lower numbers, but 13 is the lowest available number right now on the roster. Dylan Horton wore 98 in college, I believe, and so the only number available in the 90s is 92, so I'm going to go with 92 for Dylan Horton. Henry, oh geez, I I I'm, promise you I'm going to mess up this name, but it's Toto to 2 I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Heard it said multiple times. Not fully sure I could get it right, but he wore 10 in college. I think he might go with a number in the 40s. Um, if I'm if I'm guessing, I would probably say 44 or 45. 44. We'll go with 44. Jarrett Patterson, center, Notre Dame. Um, his number was in the 50s in college, I believe. There's only 51 or 57. Um, I I mean, I'd like to think he'd go with 51. I, I like centers wearing lower numbers, you know. I think that that it just makes sense to me. And then you've got Xavier Xavier Hutchinson um, wore eight in college. I assume he's gonna go with like a number in the 80s. Um, I might like to see him wear 88. I think just double down. Just, you know he's progressed, so now he will wear 88. <laughs> so I that's my best guess for him. Brandon Hill. Gee, I couldn't. I think he wore 27 in college. I gave 27 to will anderson so i'll say he's gonna wear 36 i think that's a good number for him it's hard to guess now i i can only assume that the texans are probably going to move some people around there's some people that have numbers that probably are like less than likely to make the roster so i i can't imagine that these players aren't going to get like closer to the numbers that they want but th- those are my best guesses for now Recently at the Charity Golf Tournament, the question was brought up of new uniforms again. It's kind of a topic that's had time to cool off a bit, but we do know the Texans have pulled the fan base and they're moving towards bringing in a new uniform. There's a certain part of the fan base that would really like to see a shade off of Columbia Blue since they technically can't do that, but they want to see the Oilers colors. Uh, Personally, it's not necessarily my favorite thing. I'm not going to trash the uniforms if that happens, but being a younger member of the fan base having been seven when the team came to town you know the, that the astrodome was only open for astros games for five years in my life and i never went to one in the astrodome um and also the oilers had uh, they, they were out of town before i knew how to talk so uh, honestly i don't have a huge connection to them i understand with you know oil and, and houston and the, the deeper connection with the history of the franchise but Honestly, if you want my personal opinion on what I think the Texans should do with uniforms, maybe go with a bolder design. I just don't want it to be something like the Jaguars or the Browns or even like the Seahawks aren't bad, but like that's like the vein of uniforms that I'm not trying to see. Um, and then there's also people that don't want to see it become more Patriot-esque. I think maybe they should lean deeper into the, you know, the red of the uniform that currently is. Um I don't necessarily think that they need to change the colors. I think that maybe maybe you put the horns on the helmet instead of the logo. That's something I'd be open to if it's done well. Um, There's some people have told me they've seen concepts and that they think that we're going to like it. Uh, I mean, I hope I like the new uniforms. Otherwise, you know, you'll catch me at the clearance rack trying to grab a, you know, a classic throwback Texans uniform, as we'll finally be able to say when this happens. But personally, as long as it doesn't lean too heavy into the Oilers roots, for me, I'd be happy. Um, I wouldn't be mad if it did. I just would rather it not. I'd be happier, I should say, if they stay away from the Oilers roots. So I'd like to break down which players I think are going to make the roster from each position as we progress through the offseason. And to me, the easiest position to do this for is quarterback. Um, It wouldn't seem that way from some of the discussions that I've had on Twitter, but to me, it's quite obvious. Um, there's some people that saw the signing of EJ Perry as a sign that Mills' is spot on the roster is not there and that he'll probably be practice squad or, or off. I mean, I think unless Davis Mills is traded, that Davis Mills is assured a spot on the roster. And I'll tell you personally that r- regardless of the animosity you have towards him as a quarterback or how his tenure as starter went, um, honestly, he's the best option on the roster for a backup quarterback. I and and you can't you can't look at how he played and go, yeah, he was he was trash. He was he wasn't the worst quarterback in the entire league and th- if you're better than any quarterback in the NFL, you're probably good enough to play backup. Like I we're not looking at Davis Mills to to light up the sky if he has to step in for CJ Stroud, but I I I don't get why we're talking about Davis Mills not being the backup if he's still on the roster when the season rolls around. This talk of Case Keenum, I get it, I get it. Okay, I, I have nostalgia for Case Keenum, too. I loved what he did, you know, in Minnesota. I know he's played great football. I I see him as more of a Joe Flacco role on this roster. I see him like the Jets last year. So, you know, Joe Flacco kind of, he played a little backup at points, but for the, you know, I see late season Joe Flacco, where he's the third quarterback that kind of is there, is available, Um, but he's not the one that's expected to go in if C.J. Stroud goes down. I'd say that you you want to bank on Davis Mills being our option because Case Keenum, I feel like, is just a veteran presence. I mean, he's been in the league 11 years. He has a lot to give to this team from a knowledge perspective, but I, I would say personally that the signing of Case Keenum wasn't like telling us that Davis Mills wasn't going to be the backup. Now, like, like I said, the only scenario I see where Davis Mills is not on this roster or is not the backup on this roster is if he's not on the roster, and I don't think it's by way of a cut I mean, teams have inquired, if, if rumors can be believed, the Redskins literally called up the Texans to try and get Davis Mills, which should should tell you, based on you know, a lot of their quarterback room looks a lot of the same as last year, that they liked him better than what they have right now in Sam Howell. So, um, with, with that in mind, unless he gets traded, I think Davis Mills is the backup. Obviously, C.J. Stroud is, is the starter in my eyes. I, I, I would... I would be frustrated, to say the least, if we got to the start of the season and you know the guy you pick number two overall, they say, "Well, we don't think he's ready. We think we're gonna we're gonna let him sit a couple games." Like sure, but if you're serious and you're a win now team, you drafted him because you know he's gonna be ready week one. And I I don't think the Texans make the trade up to get Will Anderson if they don't think C, C. J Stroud's gonna be ready week one. In fact, they probably just take Will Anderson at two and and draft Will Levis at, at twelve. So the fact that they made those moves and they took C.J. Stroud at two shows me that the Texans believe that C.J. Stroud is going to be the week one starter. So I have, I have no reason to believe otherwise, I, just like I have no reason to believe, unless Davis Mills is traded, that he's not going to be the backup. E.J. Perry might be practice squad, maybe, probably. But it's, it's going to go Stroud, Mills, Keenum, and then what, whatever they decide to do with Perry is, is my opinion on the matter. Well, guys, I took to Twitter and I asked you for some questions that you'd like me to give my take on when it comes to the Texans. And you guys delivered. I got some good feedback. Let's start with Third Coast Tom. Tom asks, is Kenyon Green a lock to start Um, and what other position battles do I foresee? I think that one of the reasons we saw Juice Scruggs and Jarrett Patterson be the picks for center with their flexibility, the guard position is, is simply put. The, their their contingent plans for if Kenyon Green fails to take that step, I I think his rookie year was a little disappointing. I I made a correlation between you know when he was injured briefly, um, Davis Mills had more time to throw, and when he came back into the game, Davis Mills had less time to throw. I'd love to see Kenyon Green find it this year. I don't think that that we're at a point where we're saying yeah for sure he's going to be replaced this season. But I think the Texans have put pieces in place so that if Kenyon Green doesn't you know live up to what he can be, what I believe he can be, then you got guys like Jarrett Patterson, guys like Juice Scruggs, who I I mean, if I'm being honest, Juice Scruggs is currently listed as the starting center. So realistically, Jarrett Patterson was the pick that you picked up and were like, okay, maybe this guy can flex into the guard position if Kenyon Green's not got it. Now Ruben asks, what are our remaining weaknesses? He mentions wide receiver, lack of veterans, new coaches. I would say that outside, I mean, a wide receiver is very obviously the biggest hole in this Texans roster um, just for the the lack of a number one wide receiver. I'd love for a guy like Xavier Hutchinson to prove me wrong or Nico Collins, really anyone who who fits the bill to step into a, a wide receiver one role would be great to see them do it. But the question remains to be answered. Um, I would say outside of that, my biggest concern is that with the way we address linebacker in the draft, we got great value out of Henry. Out of, you know, I think that but he's still listed on the depth chart behind Christian Kirksey, and he would need to move ahead of him, and he'd need to show that he plays um, outside of his build. He's a little bit of a smaller build at linebacker, um, and so you know, coming downhill and stopping and stuffing the run and helping with that is not something that's going to come easy to him. You know, he obviously he'll be in the NFL weight room this offseason. He can he beef up a little bit, um, and he's got time. Kirksey's still on the team, although I I don't know if he will be. So that raises the question is is Kirksey here or not? And if he's not, is Henry gonna have to be ready right away or are they gonna find a different option? Are they gonna throw in one of the other linebackers that we signed to play the middle until they feel Henry is ready? But linebacker to me is a big question mark on this team. Chavo from the H asks, are there any dark horse candidates that could start week one? Um, I don't know if you'd call it a dark horse, but there's part of me that believes having, you know, knowing what I know about Xavier Hutchinson. I feel like a sixth round pick is way late to be picked great value on him um and and I think that based off of his history he was he was the wide receiver one for Brock Purdy at Iowa State um the year before this last one and he put up great numbers this past year 1100 receiving yards on like a, you know 100 or so receptions you know I I think personally that when when you look at it he is he has the build he has the tools to be a starting wide receiver on this team. And I think he, I could even go so far as to say that if Nico doesn't step up, we could see Xavier Hutchinson challenge him for that wide receiver one role. Now, will it be immediate, Will it be week one? I don't know, but I mean, you're asking week one. I mean, that's my what comes to mind for me when I'm thinking, you know, dark horse candidate. That like everyone, lo- I think everyone loves the pick of Xavier Hutchinson, but I don't think anyone really expects him to challenge for the starting role week one. So that could be a dark horse in my eyes. Mikey Fresh asks, How many wide receivers do you think the Texans will keep on their 53? And who are the odd men out? Um, Any surprise cuts who you think the Texans will make before the season? Um, I don't know if it's a surprise cut. I would say I talked about Christian Kirksey earlier. Um, There's a lot of savings to be had there. If you can find if you if you feel like you have someone who can step into that role and you feel like you can cut him, then that could save you a lot of cap space. Um, And then as far as wide receivers go, I I said before that I, I think they'll carry about seven. I would say it's uh, Woods, Mechie, Hutchinson, Collins, Brown, uh, and Tank Dell. Yeah. So that, those are my guys that I think makes it, make it, um, you can make a case for Steve Sims. It seems like he's trying to make his case for like special teams, in which case, you know, Amari Rogers is the one who's ahead of him, ahead of him on the special teams depth chart. So if he can jump Amari Rogers, you can only have so many speedsters on a roster, so many small build, you know, short route, short throw, you know, West coast speedy wide receivers, um, before you, you have to cut one. So, you know, maybe he challenges for that. But, yeah, that, that's where I'm at there. And last question, Gonzo Knox asks, a lot of focus on the wide receiver right now, but how much are the tight ends and running backs going to be used in the passing game? More than just safety valves? I uh, have expressed in the past that I think that the most important thing that the Texans did since wide receiver wasn't addressed early in the draft was signing Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Regardless of if he plays past this season, his role will be fulfilled at the end of this season when he has, you know, played his part as the, you know, most important target that CJ Stroud's going to have. In your rookie year, the tight end is your best friend. And if you're Lamar Jackson, the tight end remains your best friend throughout your entire time on a team because they don't give you anyone else to throw to. Um, and so in this case, regardless of how wide receiver pans out, I would expect heavy usage of Dalton Schultz. I think that um it's inevitable that backs coming out of the backfield are gonna get there their time in the passing game, their targets, but um, I would anticipate, yeah, a a lot of out of the backfield passes and a lot of, uh, you know, heavy utilization of the tight end. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Dalton Schultz is a thousand yard receiver this year. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in this week to Texans Takes with James Roy. I've been James Roy. And if you'd like, you can follow me on social media at M1TexansFan. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, see ya.